Next Chapter Podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The 500. The 500. this not be on the the one we're breaking down I put it on there anyway why did I put it on there because it's my favorite song off of like the double album the song is heaven it's by Talking Heads of their 1984 album Stop Making Sense it's also number 345 out of 500 what's up everybody it's the 500 with Josh Adam Myers what's up Scoodle Dan Mans y'all's having a y'all's having a scoodle as Avery would call it Still one of the funniest things ever was there was a girl at one of the jams and me and her used to flirt. We hugged a little too long and Avery called me and he was like, oh, because I think you and blank blank are going to have a scoodle. A scoodle do. Um, all right. Talking heads. Man, this is a fun one. This was a really fun episode. Oh, what's going on with me? I should talk about that. I will be, well, you can catch me at the Comedy Cellar almost every single night of the week. Uh, November 15th, we're doing the goddamn Comedy Jam again at the Village Underground uh, in the Comedy Cellar. And you can stream it at mintcomedy.com. You can come see the show by going to the Comedy Cellar's website. But if I was you and you can't get there, stream that shit, mintcomedy.com. Also, we're going to be doing a jam uh, in Los Angeles, I think either November 21st or the 22nd. I'm putting the lineup together now and trying to pick the date with some big, big names because we're doing a full month of birthday shows. Birthday jams, y'all. I want to see everybody there. And we're not streaming the LA one, but come because I need you there. It's going to be fucking massive. I'm going to Cancun for Just for Laughs Escapes November 3rd through the 6th. And I'll be at Skankfest uh, November 7th doing the jam. I will be in Edmonton. I will be in Texas. I will be in Vancouver in December. 
I I have I can't believe my drummer Nick. By the way, they asked for passports, and uh, everybody sent my passport. There's passport to me, so I could give it to the JFL people. And Nick's expired in fucking March of 2020, and the dude didn't renew it. And he was like, Nah. He's like, I thought they were gonna call me to tell me to renew it. I'm like, Really? Dude, I was talking to Sickler on the phone about that, and we laughed so hard doing the impersonation of the guy calling. Hey, what's going on? This is Ricky Valdez from the National Passport Association. Just giving you that heads-up call. You're at your 28-day warning. Your passport's about to expire at 28. <laughs> ah, that is fucking dumb, dude. All right, so we I got this idea about the Patreon, and I'm going to take it from the, the guest today, the Stand By Your Band guys. So I did their podcast, listen to it. By the way, my guests today for this record are Tom Takar and Tommy McNamara from Stand By Your Band. It's an incredible podcast. I did it where guests defend a band that they love. I did the band live. Tom is an incredible comic. They're both incredible comics. Uh, Tom's about to tape his one-hour special for Epics. Uh, you've seen him on Comedy Central. Conan just did The Tonight Show. And Tommy is is great. He's a writer uh, on uh, The Onion. They're, these guys are great. And their podcast is phenomenal. And so I, for the Patreon, they do this where, because we've got all these records. You know what's coming up. You know exactly what is coming up. If you subscribe to the Patreon, I will read your reviews on the air with the guests. We're just going to put a list of all the records that are coming up and you can put your handle. We're going to give you your, we're going to say your handle. We're going to say your full name, not your full name, unless you want it. You can give us your address, your social security number. No, but if like for this record, we stop making sense by talking heads. Like we will read what you think about this record. We'll also read questions that you have for the guest. And as soon as we have the guests, we'll put them up there so you can ask. We can, And we'll do it, man. I want this to be fully interactive. I'm not doing another podcast about music. I want your thoughts. You guys listen to this. I want your thoughts. I want to read your thoughts on the air. I want you to be a part of this podcast. They do it on Stand By Your Band. I think it's genius. I think it's a way to really bring in a community. Am I stealing? Probably. But, man, we need to get this Patreon up because uh, Dark Lord Spotify fucked us, and I want you to feel like you're getting your money's worth, even though we're giving you a free show. So sign up now for the $5 more a month Patreon subscribers. I will read your thoughts about the record. I will read your favorite track. I will read the songs that you hated. We'll read all of that to the guest, and we will incorporate it into the show. Patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast. We should have it up and running within the next, I'd say give us like two or three weeks because Jeremiah, you know, he's in Hawaii. Who know, who has any fucking idea what he's doing? I, I, I'd never talk to him. It's literally me and Adam, dude. And Pete. I got to give it up for Pete. Pete's there. So, yo, Patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast. If you spend $5 or more a month, I will read your thoughts on the record to the guest you are now a part of the show i'll say your name to him and then we'll talk about it a big thing make it happen this is a great live record we have great guests for it uh when i was doing their podcast they said to me that they watch this all the time so i was like dude crossover app rate review and most importantly subscribe to the 500 and listen free on all platforms or anywhere you get your pizzles and if you listen on apple doodle leave a scoodle 
Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. I'm almost at 20,000 followers. I don't know why that means anything, but I want it. Email the podcast at 500podcast at gmail.com. Follow the Facebook group run by Crazy Bipolar Evan at 500 Podcast with Jam. And for all things 500, go to our website, the500podcast.com. And for all things Josh Adam Myers, go to my website, joshadammyers.com and do stuff. Here we go with number 345 out of 500 with Stop Making Sense about talking heads. So, Adam, this is, I think, our first crossover episode ever in the history of this show in almost the three years we've been doing this. And I did y'all's podcast, Stand By Your Band, this week. It was, honest to God, me defending the band live. Dude, this is what's so crazy about how this episode and then the fucking, the other Talking Heads episode we did where we had Jerry Harrison, close personal friend of mine. We are best friends. I'm his, I'm his kid's godfather now. Uh, but we, when we were sitting down to, to talk about live, the Tommies, because there's two Toms here. There's Tom and there's Tommy. Tommy said, you could watch Stop Making Sense every single day of your life. I think that was verbatim what you said. Uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely said that it's my favorite movie. Uh, and I think I've watched it. I think in the last two years, probably uh, over 50 times, I've probably watched it. I'm like fully obsessed with Stop Making Sense. I think it's the perfect concert film. And I think it is just like the most pure expression of music on film that exists. So so before we even get into that, like, how did you guys meet? And like, are you guys like old school friends? Because you have such great chemistry on the show. It's Tom, you just kind of shitting on on Tommy's point of view. And, and Tommy, you just basically being like, being like, you know, the, 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 what is it, the king of snark? Yeah, he's the prince of snarkness. The, oh, the prince, him. I'm sorry. Our nicknames he got demoted. don't really make any, yeah, he's got a, he's got a father that is the king of snarkness. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, we go way back. Uh, we both lived in Chicago. Tommy's like from Chicago. I lived there for a couple of years doing stand-up. And we became fast friends. We moved to New York together, drove in the same car. He had a giant uh, bag on his lap. And uh, yeah, no, and we lived together for four years and started the podcast while we lived together. So uh, yeah, and it's, it's, it's fun. It was, it was great having you on. And yeah, we, it, it is mostly just me kind of accusing Tommy of being a pedophile and stuff. Nice. Uh, well, he has the look. I, I mean, we probably have more listeners. <laughs> if, uh, I didn't do a lot of the things I do, but you got to do something. You got to fill an hour somehow. I mean, dude, I get shit on so much by the fans of my own podcast. They're like, you don't know anything about this record. You're just pulling this <laughs> off of Wikipedia. And I'm yep. like, yes, mm-hmm. 100%. I, it's, Wikipedia is a cornucopia of fucking facts. I'm sorry that I don't yes. know everything about modern lovers. It's um, dude. It's so frustrating have a having a podcast that's like about, especially about bands like we do, yeah. where, and, and like how you do, where people who are really diehard fans are pissed off at you. And I keep, I've said it from the beginning. It's like this is a fucking comedy podcast. It's not a mu. It's like music is a part of it, but it's a comedy podcast first. So it's oh like, my God. 
chill. Like, just laugh along and, or oh don't listen. God. I don't really the, give a shit. You are speaking what I think I think it on my, my pin message on Twitter is me saying, I'm not a music critic. I'm a comedian. <laughs> yep, yep. Please, dear God, lay off of me. Yes. I just want to listen to some records and talk to some. Fa- what's uh, from both of you guys? What's the worst comment you've gotten or from Flack or what album or artist did you get the most pushback from making fun of? Well, the first one that comes to mind uh, is we did an episode about Art Garfunkel's uh, solo work, <laughs> and this woman lost her mind. <laughs> she was so upset that we would make fun of Art Garfunkel, <laughs> and uh, she said like all these tweets about how she like, you know, felt really upset. And then there was another one we did. We did they might be giants, and Tom had posted on the Facebook like, hey. Does anyone like hate they might be giants for the show? Because that's what we used to say in the Facebook post. And then someone in the comments there was like, how dare you say that you hate my favorite band? Like, why would you put this on the Internet? This has ruined my day. And it's like he just asked a question of like if anyone hates it before. Just yeah, very sensitive when it comes. Very, to well, you know, what's funny. We had we had a writer uh, who was still this. It's insane. We had a writer who I who worked on the show from the beginning. He was a fan. Uh, his name's Morty. Everybody knows Morty on the show. He was on the show for a little bit. And he, he said it as he was leaving because he started getting busy with his band. And, you know, after working on the show for like two and a half years, he was like, you have to be very delicate when you're talking about music. More than anything, more than movies, more than politics, more than anything. Because when you make fun of a band or a song, you have to keep in mind people associate these memories from their life with music where they're like, oh, so you're making fun of that song that we played at my dad's funeral. Really? That's what you're right. playing. And you're like, well, you're like, I, I mean, I didn't know. You're like, Why did you play All Star by Smash Mouth yeah, at your dad's yeah, funeral? Yeah. <laughs> that was a weird yeah. choice. I was, gonna, I was like, I don't know why you played Electric Feel by MGMT. That was <laughs> that was the that was one of the first. Uh, podcast we did that I got the most amount of shit where I found a Reddit profile page whatever the f- Reddit first of all and I think we all can agree is a fucking cesspool of just yes. people of just yeah that's the worst comments we've ever gotten I stopped posting the episodes on Reddit because we would just get I because I was it was dumb of me but I thought people would like to hear comedians talking about their like whatever band they like and for the most part we would be nice because our our podcast is that it's like we're allowing a platform for people to not be assholes about this music. And then sometimes it's funny to make fun of them on top of it. A hundred percent. People on Reddit would tear me apart and it was brutal. And so I was like, I'm just going to stop doing it. It's not worth it. Uh, Reddit is, I, I, I would go on the bonfire a lot and I stopped reading the Reddit comments because there are people that just hate me and they're like, he's never said anything funny. It's like, he's, he's a fucking this, he's a that. And I'm just like, good God, all I'm trying to do is entertain you for yep. free, for yep. free. I like, know, I know. So wait, so how did the podcast start then? Like, so you guys were friends. Were you guys just arguing over shit one day? Because I love it so no. much. I, I mean this, guys. I had, and it's probably because for the first time I was on a music podcast and I didn't have to be in the lead. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. When I'm in the yep. lead, I'm constantly, all right, I got to look up this fact. I got to do this. I know. That's what, and you saw me doing it. I was shuffling to find fucking facts and I end up reading YouTube comments. That, and that's why I got to fill time calling Tommy names. <laughs> but so, so how did it start? Was it just you guys love music or like what, it, what happened? The main, 
the main thing that started so Tommy and I drove to New York together and it, from it from Chicago we had like a 13 hour drive and we were just listening to by the end of that drive you're so loopy and we were just like listen I was I was putting on like bare naked ladies and shit that pe- <laughs> people make fun of so I always associated I was like we'll have fun talking about this stuff but I was really pissed off when because I like Coldplay and that's a punchline nice. band people cool. hate Coldplay it's uh from uh f- what is it a 40 year old virgin or whatever when they're like you know how That's i know you're gay it's like yeah. you're like cold play or whatever and ever since then i feel like they were such a huge punchline and when they when cold play did the super bowl all these people were like this is going to be the worst fucking thing that's ever happened i'm going to kill myself i'm so mad or and i was just like it's not going to be that bad i i get it like chris martin is lame him he is very corny but He's not like a horrible musician. It's going to be fine. Not at all. Also, yeah. the Super Bowl halftime show usually kind of sucks anyway. Like, it's not that great. I mean, I liked the last <laughs> couple but a lot, but uh, but no, it's not like the best music you've ever heard. So it's like they were like, it's going to ruin Beyonce to be on to have to be on stage with Chris. It sucked. And so I was like, I think it would be more fun to hear the other side of this. And uh, and then, yeah, me and Tommy started having people come on and talk about the shit that they, cause I wanted to talk about Coldplay. And so I was like, this would be a fun platform for other people to do this with the bands that they like. Yeah. And uh, sometimes it is really fun. <laughs> I, I, well, I think when you, when you pick the right bands, you know what I mean? Cause there's, like you said, there are some of those bands that are, are just like, like I could do another episode where I just defend Stone Temple Pilots. Do you know what I mean? And I have mm-hmm. like straight facts of why they're dope and why they're yeah. Scott Weiland rules. But then there's other people that are going to be like, this is the worst band that came out of the the grunge scene. And, and, and I think to give that platform for bands like even not Coldplay is a big one because Coldplay is like, is, was, I mean, arguably at one point, I remember when, remember when Justin Timberlake brought them up at the MTV Music Awards and mm-hmm. he was like, ladies and gentlemen, the best band in the world. <laughs> the best yeah. band in yeah. the world. Uh-huh. And I didn't see their <laughs> halftime show, but I don't remember it at least, but did anybody ever see the fucking Who? The Who was terrible. The <laughs> halftime show was butt cheek. So I don't even, I don't remember that, but I, but yeah, they're mostly not good. Like, no. Yeah. Beyonce's was great. Uh, who else was good? You know whose was good? You two after 9-11. Uh, the Prince one is the best uh, of all time, in my opinion. But Oh, uh, yeah. Adam just said yeah. that, too. Adam yeah. just said Prince, too. I'll also throw... The U2 one was cool, yeah. He pulls after the 9/11. thing out with the yeah, flag. Cool. Dude, I, I watch it sometimes. I remember cry that. Because mm-hmm. it was like right after 9-11. Everybody loved America at the time. Right. Afghanistan. You know uh-huh. what I mean? It was like we were all behind <laughs> we were all behind a bush like we loved yep. george w bush so much like we dude like donald rumsfeld would get all of his dinners comped you know it was I mean, like giuliani on fucking snl it's crazy and then now and, look at him it's and crazy. he's a fucking troll now he's a bridge troll now it's crazy um I I mean this to, to all my fleece army out there. If you guys want another great music podcast, listen to Stand by Your Band. The they're both so funny and and it's just it's great. So listen to theirs, you, listen Josh. to mine. Their listeners listen to mine. Let's have a fucking fuck fest of music podcast joking and music yeah. and, and and thinking. The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, let's get <laughs> let's get to brass tacks because I could just talk to you guys about bullshit forever. Uh, talking heads. So 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 take me back to the your first memories with this band. Go all the way back to the first time before this record. Everything. The first time you even heard this band. Um, so I mean, I definitely heard them a lot when I was younger, but I never really like got too deep into them until it, it was much later in life where like, I knew all the the songs, you know, I knew psycho killer and I knew, uh, yeah. you know, burning down the house and everything. And then in college, I had a friend of mine who was really obsessed with, uh, this must be the place. And he, well, he like wrote like a 15 page paper about it. He was like, I think this is the greatest song ever recorded. And he really talked to me so much about it to the point where I started listening to it way more and getting way into it. And he's the first one who showed me stop making sense, uh, the movie, which I watched for the first time. And I was just like a drunk, dumb college kid where I was like, ah, he's wearing a big suit. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Never think about it again. And then <laughs> cut to cut to this year or uh, last year, actually, I was, uh, I was upstate uh, with my girlfriend, just in like that small house, you know, nothing to do. And uh, we were like, uh, we should take some acid. So we did that. And then uh, I was like, you know what we should watch? We should watch Stop Making Sense. I haven't seen it since college, but I remember thinking it was cool and maybe it'd be like a cool acid thing to do. Yeah. And it just like, I had this experience of like, watching it and it just like in real time being like oh this is my favorite thing in any medium now like i just connected to it so much i really think it is the perfect concert film it just feels like you're there and i think jonathan demi uh directed it and it's just like an amazing piece of art and then it just became the thing that i would just watch whenever i didn't know what to watch i was like well i'll just watch stop making sense again and i just watched it like basically at least once a week every week since that day i did it watching acid, uh, really acid, yeah Really? And what was the experience like on acid? Was it because I mean, I just watched it literally an hour ago. I haven't finished. I think I got like two songs left. I had to stop to go buy spinach and broccoli so I could have lunch. Um, but I uh, you're, you're one. You're right. Uh, everything that you said, I don't think you're ever going to see a concert film like this on so many levels the way that it's the i mean the way that it's shot there's cameras on stage you know you never see the audience yeah it that's literally such a thing yeah you literally it literally feels like uh just a play you know what i mean like there's you can hear the audience uh i loved how at the beginning of it it's just him how he comes out. Mm -hmm. I think that's really cool. Just him in uh, the boombox and an acoustic guitar. Him, yeah. him in the boombox and the acoustic guitar. It and then right away I was like, oh, oh, okay. This is the most David Byrne thing. Yeah. If he was gonna do a concert film to do something like this, you know what I mean? That's so different than you see the mm -hmm. audience, it feels like you're at the concert. You don't feel like you're at a concert there. You literally feel like they're in a studio. And the way they bring everybody out one at a time, which I think Alice in Chains ripped off when they did the Unplugged. I don't know if you ever remember oh, that. Oh, did they do the same thing? 
kind of like it came it started out first jerry cantrell came out and it's he starts playing the riff uh of not sludge factory what did they open with adam nutshell Nutch, thank you. He opened with Nutshell. Yes, and it's like, yeah. oh, dude, yeah. At, dude, look at him, man. He's in the back of a comic book <laughs> store right now. I think there's an iguana in his right shoulder. I don't know what the You're fuck is that. To be fair, and let's, Alice in Chains Unplugged is probably the best of the unplugs. I, 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 oh, wow. I, don't, I don't disagree. No, I don't. I think that's, that's so a you good. You just haven't dis- heard the dashboard confessional one, or is that? <laughs> dude, I, I, you know what? I'm not going to lie about dashboard confessional. Like, I don't like them, but I do like that one part in the song, Hands Down, where he breaks it down. It's like, Hands down, this is the best thing I am. I, I was driving one. I think I was going through a breakup, and I started crying listening to that. I was like, God damn, dude, you got me. You got me, emo. I don't know how you did it, but you fucking got me. They vindicated slaps, too. Yeah. <laughs> nah, dude. You know what's better than Vindicated? You know what's better than Vindicated? Uh, Hero. Hero by... If we're doing Spider-Man dude, that sound... Song, that song fucking rules, honestly. It rules. Hero. It's so good. I mean, that used to... I, when I was in high school and they would put that on at the gym that I would play basketball at, I would always pop off. So, I, you know... It's, 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 it fires you up. You're That's like, like this is like, we're dib- dabbling into our podcast. Cause it's like Chad Kroger. He's fucking cool, man. <laughs> I, I, I said that. I said that when I did your podcast, I, but also uh hero was big when I went to my first year at Towson university. And that was when people, for the first time in my life, I had friends that had a cable modem so I could download songs off Napster in like five minutes or, or whatever was LimeWire at the time. And I remember on all of my friends in the, in the four different quads that I would hang out at, I would go in, you mind if I go into your room real quick, just download a song and I download hero. And so I dude, I fucking love that song. And Vindicate is okay. Wasn't that a fucking game changer? When it, I remember the song when that stuff first came out, when I first started the internet, I would watch a song download for 13 hours. I was like, oh, I want to hear this Eminem song, 13-hour cue. And I was like, that's totally fine. I still couldn't believe it. I was like, this is a miracle. And then it felt like I had a buddy who would make – he had way faster internet, so I would just make a playlist for him and give him a blank CD, and he was like, I was like, you really do this for me? And he was like, I'm not, he was like, I'm not kidding. It takes one minute. Like it's nothing. I know. I know. I used, my mom used to, you know, always want to call her, uh, my, her aunt Marcy. And I'd be like, you can. I was like, I'm I'm downloading music. She's like, well, how much longer? And I'd be like, eight and a half hours. (laughs) Just chill. She's not going anywhere. She she like loses her relationship with her. (laughs) Oh, no. There was a call me anymore. (laughs) Dude, there was a friend that my mom had named Renee, who was, she worked with at a, at an elementary school. My mom was like a principal secretary at an elementary school, a few different ones. And one of them that she was very, she was good friends with that was much older than her would call all the time when I was on the phone with other girls that I was like hitting on having those like four hour conversations where you're just Mm -hmm. laying on the bed, you know, because we couldn't hang out because we didn't have cars yet. And I kept telling her she was busy because if she would beep in, I go, yeah, sorry, Renee, she's busy. And then Renee thought my mom just didn't want to talk to her. (laughs) Ended the friendship. Ended oh, the friendship. shit. And it's my Damn. fault. Yeah. And now Renee's dead. How do you sleep at night, man? I, very well. <laughs> I, very well. Next to an 80 pound Doberman on a, on a quasi Tempur-Pedic uh, mattress. It's fine. <laughs> Sorry, Renee. Sorry. 
Uh, what about you, Tom? What about what about Talking Heads with you? Like, how did how so, did that start? I they were a band for a long time that they would come on. I'd be like, oh, I know this song. I didn't really associate them with Talking Heads. I was just like, oh yeah, I like that song. And then uh, burning down the house, I thought it was cool. And I had, like we have a, another buddy, my buddy Connor was really into him. And so I was just on a long drive. I was like, I'm gonna just put on Talking Heads and uh, see what happens, see what I like or whatever. And then uh, this must be the place is truly my. I think it's my favorite song. Uh, I think it's it's so good and it's like it's just such a weird love song. I think we, it's. Uh, I'm sure it'll come up. It's like the only love song that David Byrne ever wrote. And uh, it's incredible and weird, and it's not on the nose. The lyrics are so fucking weird. And I I get pissed off when, like, I, I sang it at karaoke, and uh, this friend of ours was like, I, the lines sing into my mouth. And uh, this girl goes, ugh. And I was like, you piece of shit. That is such a good fucking line. Uh, it's so good. Love me uh, till I'm dead. It's like, there's all these little lines that are so cutting in it. I just think he's a brilliant, uh, brilliant writer. But um, yeah, and then Tommy was watching uh, Stop Making Sense all the time. We were trying to do an intervention for him because of his alcohol problem. But instead, he really? got us drunk and was like, let's watch Stop Making Sense. And uh, um, and I was like, it was so distracting that we let him keep drinking forever. So, um, we'll it was get so to sick. the intervention later. It's all good. I <laughs> really, really like having like it is like a late night, like end of the night, like all hammered and Tommy would put that on and it, like watching uh, David Byrne dance with a lamp and just the weird shit that he's doing on stage and it making it look cool. It's like the most unique thing I've ever seen. Somebody just fully being a fucking weirdo on stage and everybody's into it. And I think like the fact that he has those girls on stage with him too, and they're yeah. dancing with him. It looks so cool. Uh yeah, I I I fell in love with it too, and so now I when I'm drunk, pop it on too. It's a perfect like I'm just gonna watch this guy be incredible, and I kind of I I got a little bit more into it because uh this is a this is a dumb story, but I so I have a show at the Sultan Room in um in Bushwick mm-hmm. that I run with uh, Shane Torres and Caitlin Cook and uh and Phoebe Bobs and um we were at that, I was at that venue one night just having dinner and uh, there was this weird concert happening in the back where it was like all these bands, this label like was filming videos for all these bands and uh, th- it was kind of a light crowd. And so the owner was like, Hey, will you guys come watch the music? Like you can get in for free or whatever. And I was like, yeah. Oh yeah. We go back there. There's nobody back there, but there's this band in uh in all white jumpsuits. And also in the crowd is fucking David Byrne who's oh, wow. wearing an all white jumpsuit and he goes up to the band because he doesn't know them. He's just hanging out in Brooklyn. And he's like, I only know this because the owner pointed out, he's like, David Byrne is over there. And I was like, Oh shit. And so he told me later that David Byrne went up to this band. That's an all white jumpsuit. Who's like nobody. Uh, they're like a newer band or whatever. And, uh, and nobody's there to see them. And David Byrne comes up to them and he's like, look, we're all dressed the same. We should get a picture. And they go, yeah, maybe later, man. Like they didn't know who he was. <laughs> he was just like, okay, cool. And like he just like laughed and left. And the later they were like, later somebody told them like, you know that was fucking David Byrne, right? Oh my like, god. Oh my god. <laughs> so that made me. I don't know why that made me like him so much. Just that he was like, just like laughed that off. Like he could have been like, fuck you, I'm David Byrne. But instead he was just like, okay, you're gonna fucking regret this. He's like, good luck with your yeah. album release. <laughs> yeah. okay, no one will hear. I would have. 
that is so funny, man. That is so, you know, I, I got a similar story to this. I just, it's nothing to do with music, but I go to this, I used to go to this dog park in Hollywood all the time. And one day I, I was up there and I was just, I, you know, this is, this is before I went through my existential breakthrough. So I'm, I used to have a chip on my shoulder just about the industry and whatever. And I go to the dog park and I'm pissed off and there's no other people there except for one guy. And he's a good looking dude and he's got a German shepherd. And I'm just like, Oh, I don't want to fucking deal with his German shepherd. He's a good looking guy. He's probably a Hollywood douchebag. And he walks up and his, my, his dog and my dog start playing. He's like, can our dogs play? And I'm just like, yeah, whatever, man. And I just kind of keep walking away and I go and sit down. And I guess I, you know, I don't, I can only assume he's probably like, all right, why is this guy so fucking aggro? Yeah. And then like five minutes later, the guy is walking around the park close to me and I see, and it's Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh my God. <laughs> and I tr- I was like, Oh shit. I was like, so what's your dog's name? And like tried to like chum up and he was just like, he's like, Frank, he's like, come here, Frank. And then just like takes his dog and walks oh, in. Shit. And I'm like, that could have been it. That could have been, been it. Jake that would have been our. That would have been it, dude. Because dog, dog park friendships, for some reason, like I've become Pete friends with people at the dog park that are famous, especially in Los Angeles, because the dogs get along, and that's your thing. So what I'm saying is that band and David Byrne, if he he could have been like, hey man, I got the white jumpsuit, you got the white jumpsuit, let's get a picture. They could have been like, fuck yeah, and they go, hey, what's your name? And then he's like. David Byrne. And they're like, talking heads, David Byrne? Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. What would you? And he's like, well, I dug your music. And next thing you know, yep. they're fucking playing a concert video that he's shooting American Utopia Part 2 or whatever the yeah, fuck it is. Yeah. And they fucking boned it up. They, they boned, boned it. it. They boned it up. All right. So here's yep. my here's my story with talking heads. It's, it's basically the same as all of y'all's, which is their music made their way into my life via radio, via alt-rock stations, um, and it's all the hits. It's nothing mm-hmm. other than the hits. I never understood why people loved Psycho Killer so much. I mean, there's, it would be on all these, like, top 100 song lists of all time, burning down the house. I was like, hey. I, I agree with you about Psycho Killer. I was, I always was like, I don't really get this. And then, honestly, seeing it in the in the doc, I would, it made me love it because he yes. just looks so cool performing it. And now yes. I love it. But when it used to be on the radio all the time, I was like, well, I don't, don't want to hear about this fucking Psycho Killer. No, <laughs> no, I out. I mean, it's, it's, but it's one of those things where it was just, it was like, yeah, okay, just not my music. It's new wave. I just totally wrote it off as like, oh, uh oh, music. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and then I moved to Baltimore in my mid, well, like early 20s. I moved to, uh, to go to school there. And there was a nightclub in downtown Baltimore called The Talking Head. And I don't know if it was owned by David Byrne, but David Byrne, uh, and Adam, check uh, fact check this for me. Uh, I'm pretty sure he went to Micah, which is the art school in downtown Baltimore. Can you find that out for me? Uh, because there was a connection. It wasn't just like they had it there just because they called it the talking head. And it was, they had, the, did he? Tended there for one year. One year. Okay, that's it. Perfect. So, so yeah, so there's the connection between that. He's got, a, he's got, a, he's got deep roots in Baltimore, but what what I started going there, they had this party called Taxlow, and I've talked about it on the podcast before, but Taxlow was like basically a, a hipster uh, dance party where they would have like, they'd play like Franz Ferdinand, and they'd play Joy Division, and they'd play Talking Heads, 
at this at this nightclub and people would dance to it. You know, this is like an era when like Nelly's big and fucking, you know, that's what really, you know, dance music, like rave music. And I just started going to that and I started like hanging out with the girls and it was just this whole experience where then they would play you know, bringing down the house. They play some of the songs that are on this, but the li- not the live version, the studio versions. And it was just, it was great. It made me appreciate it more. Uh, I do have a funny story, which I will say about this, about that place. Be I, funny I, have, like, I have a funny story. I refuse to tell it. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Not telling it at all. No, I, I, I there was a chick named uh, Katura that I dated and she was the hottest girl in my life that I've ever dated still to this day. And we dated <laughs> for a little bit. And then she, uh, she was like, she went back to her ex-boyfriend and, and they're together. And I remember she loved Panic at the Disco. And then three months after we'd stopped hanging out, she hits me up and she's like, hey, uh, I broke up with, with the, their boyfriend. And she's like, do you want to hang out? And I go, and she goes, can you take me to that party at Taxlow uh, at the Talking Head? I go, of course. Now she was like 19 years old. I'm like 25, okay? We were in a class together and that's how we met. Um, and she was like a dance major. I was a film major. And so I, so the night before she goes to the panic at the disco concert that she's so excited about. And she, I pick her up from, from campus and I take her down to Baltimore. She's got this bag with her. I'm like, Hey, what's in the bag? And she's like, Oh, nothing important. Just, you know, some knickknacks and like, like my panic at the disco t-shirt I just bought and some sleep stuff. And so I'm like, all right, cool. Do you want to go drop it off at my place in Baltimore? We're going to a bad neighborhood. And she's like, no, it's fine. And I had this like old Jeep that like anybody could get into. I mean, you could literally just unzip it and you could be in my car and take whatever you wanted. And we go into the party and they're playing talking heads and we're dancing and we're drinking and we're making out. And she whispers in my ear after like two hours, I want you to take me home and fuck me. And I'm like, hell yeah. And then we walk out to my car and one of my windows is unzipped. And, and I'm like, oh shit. I was like, maybe the wind. And I was like, let's check to see if anybody got into the car. And I look, my bag's there. All my books are there. Everything that I have, my winter coat is there. I go, ah, my shit's here. What about yours? And she's like crying. I'm like, what's wrong? And she's like, somebody stole my overnight bag. And I go, oh, it's fine. You said it was just a Panic at the Disco shirt and some knickknacks. And she goes, no, my wallet was in there with all my credit cards and my social security Uh, card and my passport and my birth certificate. Like literally every single thing that somebody needs to steal to basically (laughs) open up a, a, a franchise you know, in your name. And, and she was like, she was like, take me home. And I, I mean, I've never seen a, a vagina dry up faster. And <laughs> you were so you were like you still with the whole fuck thing is that still <laughs> <laughs> is that on the table she was like i'm never going back to the talking head never oh, and, and we never went What'd back you and say nor- her name was katora yeah, that's a name you got to be hot with <laughs> if you're going to be named that you got to get hot <laughs> like you can't Super go through hot. life as a katora being a, a slouch <laughs> i wonder if there is like can you check adam to find out if yeah, there do some are research. any do some research <laughs> find out if they're ugly katora um hey this is chris swinney formerly of the ataris and currently host of that one time on tour part of the sound talent media podcast network Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey 
Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenged Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now. But but then it was just the other then it just disappeared. Their music disappeared for years. And then it came back when we did the record uh, more songs about food and uh, do you guys know buildings, food and buildings. And that was my first real talking heads record. And that had uh, take me to the river on it, mm -hmm. which yeah, might be one of the best cover versions mm -hmm. of any song ever. There's something about this band that like I don't know because like I want to ask you guys because you can, there's so much we could talk about we could talk about the lyrics we could talk about the rhythm the instrumentation and the iconic members what about their sound makes you gravitate towards Talking Heads? Uh, I think it's just amazing how I mean I, I would never call myself like an art rock fan I don't listen to any other band I don't think that is categorized as art rock but there's something about the way that they can make something so big is like, I mean, just in Stop Making Sense, how they can start so small. And then by the time you get to burning down the house and you have, you know, the, the guys doing percussion, you have the synths going crazy. You have the, it's just a way they can, they can be so small and so specific, but also just huge and euphoric in a way that I think is very captivating. I no, I say. agree. I agree. What about you, Tom? Yeah. I mean, it's the same. It's like, and also to make something so weird feel so accessible, it's like, yeah, I, it's. I just think it's cool, cool as hell. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, and it's. I do love. I like the lyricism is big for me, and I. I. I talk about that on our show. Like some people don't give a shit about any lyrics at all, but it's huge to me that uh, there's no, there's no. He doesn't use anything that you've ever heard anyone say. He's like an alien uh, the way he talks, and I love it. Is he a pop music geek supreme? Is he the top? Pop music geek supreme. Is he the supreme leader of pop music geekness? Well, a funny thing about him is if you search, like if you start typing into Google, does David Byrne, it immediately go have autism. <laughs> That's like the number one search is does David Byrne have autism? So <laughs> I think, yeah. And I don't know if he does. I don't know. I didn't uh, do the search, but I just think it's very telling that that's like the one thing people are wondering while they're watching him perform. I mean, I'm trying to remember what Jerry said because we talked a lot Fuck, man, I should have listened to that episode right before I did this. Um, Adam, were you working on that episode when we did it? Unfortunately, I was not. What were you doing then? I was pre-made. That was back in the Morty days. Oh, yeah. God, I wish Morty was here. Morty would be Morty would fucking just <laughs> know so much. And he'd be like, it's because he went to this and he did this and he studied under this. There, I would. I mean, we have to call him a genius. Yes. 100%. Do I? I mean, there's because you know what I think it is too. It's 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 like one, not enough people know about him. I mean, because I, I really don't think like the younger generation has any idea about the the genius. And I bet when American Utopia was on HBO, they were like, "What the fuck? This great another old white singer doing his thing. <laughs> this motherfucker can't dress at all. Like, what is this <laughs> suit he's wearing? Like, I, I I I think he's a band, and I I love that all of us got into this band later in life. Cause I don't think it's a band like besides those hits that you can sit there and say, Oh, I, I can listen. I want to listen to this. Like this is something that only you can appreciate after you've lived, after you've listened to all the other muck that's, and it's being put out. 
this is something that then pops in that you're like, oh, now I get it. Now I see it. Like, what are like, where are we putting David on the on the totem pole of like musical geniuses? Is he up there with the the John Lennon and the Paul McCartney, or is he like, is he Miles Davis? Is he is he Tom York and Johnny Greenwood, or is he just this? this subsection guy that is yeah. just like an offshoot. What do you think? I think he's just his own Island. Like it's so hard to compare, you know, talking heads with like, yeah, say like the Beatles or anything. It just seems David Byrne just seems like he occupies his own singular space and he just has this vision. He has this thing that he's like, no one else could have done it. And he did it the best it could be done. And I just think that, yeah, I definitely, I, I hate using the word genius. And I would say he a hundred percent is one. And I think he's just his own thing just to the side of everything else. Yeah. If we had to compare him to a basketball player, Tom, I know you love basketball. <laughs> yep, yeah, we're both basketball freaks. Who, by the way, Wizards two and zero, and that guy Spencer Dinwiddie. I yeah, mean, we, I'm telling you, so something really cool is I, I did love a Spencer Dinwiddie, dude. It's like best name a, in basketball. I mean, he should he should be wearing like turnbuckle shoes and like <laughs> and like he's a Lemony Snicket's character. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm Spencer Dinwiddie. Hello, <laughs> I'm a fancy lad. But that motherfucker can play, dude. I, I have I get the inside scoop from uh, I did a show with Jessica Curson uh, over Hanukkah in 2019, right before the yeah, so right before the turn to to 2020, and I did like musical crowd work with Adam Ray and going through the audience. And next thing I know, I see the broadcaster for the Washington Wizards, the guy who did it for 20 years, this guy Steve Buckhands, mm-hmm. and I I almost call I almost start like fucking with him, but then I go, he looks at me and he goes. And I go, all right. And I, cause I knew it right away. I pointed out, I'm like, oh my God. And he's just like, nah. And after the show, I went out to wait for him. Dude, he was waiting in the green room for me to tell me how much he, he dug my set. And, and he's like, how funny I was. And now I talk to him like once a week and it's all about sports, DC sports. I get the inside scoop. Oh, he's like, dude, mm-hmm. the Wizards are going to be, this team is clicking the defense the that, wow. but just be your pacers. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're we are not a good team right now. <laughs> fucking lost to the Hornets with like a fucking thirty point. It was, uh, I know. I, I'm gonna go see them. I'm gonna go see them on uh, uh next week. I'm excited. Really? They're well, coming well, to New York. Uh, very exciting stuff. I'm so trying to think. So, yeah, who, who would David Byrne be if we're talking current league? You, I want you go. Uh, I think Kawhi Leonard just uh, because of how like robotic and weird Kawhi Leonard is in interviews and shit. And he just does that like very weird vibe. He doesn't really play like anyone else. He's totally his whole thing. Kind of came out of nowhere, like San Diego state. And he just like came out of nowhere and then did some of the most impressive stuff anyone's ever seen. It's like, Oh shit, who is this guy? And then he's just a weirdo. So I would say Kawhi championships. Yep. Two championships. I I was trying to pull that. That is, I think that's the best one, but I would also say maybe, uh, maybe like a, uh, Kyrie, not Kyrie, but uh, like <laughs> he's a, a flat Kobe. earther, like a, like a Kobe, because he's like he's a genius, but he's like it's kind of got to be his team, and it's like he's like isn't he like he's like famously difficult, like to to work with. So yeah, I'm gonna go Kobe. Yeah, okay, okay, uh, Adam, you said Bill Walton. You wrote Bill Walton just because he's super unique and he's kind of onto his own. You know, there's not many sure. players that are like Walton. You know. Also, both white. That's good. I don't even know. I, I all I can think in the terms is like wizards, and I'm like, was he was he a Gilbert Arenas? 
but no, it's like I do remember him showing up uh, to a show with a gun in his locker, two guns. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He started popping off on Jerry. He's like, <laughs> "Pick a gun, pick any gun you want, because I'll put a cap in your ass." Is that Maybe a good? <laughs> that's a good impersonation. That was that was good. <laughs> Maybe maybe Wizards Jordan. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fan, everybody's favorite Jordan. Ah, oh, he, was, he was mine. He was mine. I had that jersey. Seasons. That's a great jersey. It's the only <laughs> Wizards jersey you can get in blue anymore. You can't oh, find yeah, I that. Oh, I had that blue jersey. It was sick. Yeah, you can't find that anywhere. I've been looking for a Gilbert Arenas jersey for like five years, and um, Megan Gailey, her husband's like big on that, and he's yeah, been trying TJ. to find. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, so he's, been, he's been trying to find me that too, and I just need to press him on it. But that's like that's I have like fourteen different Bullets and Wizards jersey that I ordered during this like year span. I have a Rex Chapman. I have a Tom Gugliotta. I have a Minute Bowl. Uh, I have a George Murison. I have a Weber. I have a Rashid. W- I have uh, dude, fucking uh, with the Gilbert. That's the one. Okay, I have Calbert Chaney. There you go, Indiana. Yeah, yeah there you go. There you go, uh, Indiana zone. All right, let's let's talk about. Let me let's get some let's get some of the background on this record. All right, so so this is the soundtrack uh, specifically. I know we're talking a lot about the concert film, everybody, but I feel like you can't talk about one without talking about the other. And the concert film really is what, after watching it, it did make me realize, fuck man, this is really cool. This is way cooler than just a live record because I'm listening. You know, when you listen to the, some of the live albums we've had on here, like uh, cheap trick live at Budokan, there's no video, at least that I've seen that goes with it. And so when you can see it, yeah, it just hits so much harder and it's like, fuck man. Cause the, even the way it opens with psycho killer, it's like, it's just seeing it mm-hmm. made me really love it even more. So, so this is a soundtrack of the live concert film release of the same name. It was released in 84 featured nine tracks from the movie with some editing. It spent over two years on the billboard 200 chart peaking at number 41. It eventually went two times platinum in the United States uh, the title of the album comes from a lyric in Girlfriend is Better. Purists have found Stop Making Sense slightly mixed and worse yet, incomprehensive. Okay. The nine tracks included Jumble and Trunket. Did I say that right, Adam? Did you write that? Trunket? Trunket. You got Trunket. it. Trunket. What does that mean? Like a shortened version, condensed. Trunket. Perfect. I'm going to start using that. And a shorter version condensed the natural progression of frontman David Burns' meticulously arranged stage show. Cries for a double album treatment, a 1982 live opus, the name of the band is Talking Heads, were sounded almost immediately. More enterprising fans merely dubbed the VHS release of the film onto cassette tape. Even when the seven tracks that didn't make the cut, this still gives you a sense of a band playing at their peak. I agree with that. I really do. More than half the album features tracks from the Speaking in Tongues album. Uh, the tracks were performed on this on this live performance, but not released on the album version. Included Heaven, which I think I I would tell when we were doing the podcast together, your podcast. Uh, I immediately said I don't know the name of the song, but mm-hmm. that is my fuck. And don't give me your favorite song on the record yet, but that mm-hmm. is my favorite. That that song is what really made me now a Talking Heads fan. It's so beautiful. I think it's I think it's perfect. And then to see it with just him and the bass player, yeah, I Tina mean, that, comes out with the bass and oh yeah, it's so god. Uh, but yeah, and we can name a whole bunch of songs. All right, so let's let's do some tracks on it. Yeah. 
Uh, All right, so it opens with Psycho Killer. When it was finally completed and released as a single in 77, Psycho Killer became instantly associated in pop culture with the contemporaneous Son of Sam serial killings. Who's your favorite serial killer? (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Seriously, this is a real question. I'm seriously asking this. I'm a Chicago guy, so I got to go with Gacy. Yeah, dude. (laughs) Fuck yeah, man. He killed it, dude. That guy rips. I mean, Durst, I guess, isn't a serial killer. <laughs> he would be it for me. He killed him. Yeah, I'm going Durst. Uh, Fred or Such the or Robert? Oh, Robert. Robert Durst. Yeah. Uh, a little from column A, a little from column B. Listen, you can uh, shit on Limp Bizkit all you want, man. I saw one of the last concerts I saw in 2019 was fucking Limp Bizkit at the Roxy. And was it let good? me. Holy shit, it was f- I have so much video. I went but basically wow. huge shout out to Eric uh at Meth Syndicate and Rebecca. Uh I just went to their wedding in Maine where I really listened to this record on the way up and I got to listen to it all the way through a couple times and I was like, fuck man. But I went with them. Let me tell you something. You could shit on that's a good def- stand by your band. So has somebody Mike, done that? Mike Racine defended it's a famously controversial episode. Oh, I'm gonna listen to that. I'm gonna listen to that because I love Mike. I love Mike. But I love him so much, but it's, it's, it, he gets very upset with um, the fact that uh, we didn't love Limp Bizkit. <laughs> what? It's really it's funny, but uh, it's a lot. I mean, it's it, it is what it is. But the, here's the thing: is that it's just he put on such a great show, and it's not Limp Biscuit in 1999. It's Limp Biscuit in 2019. The fans are different. We're older. We're more mature. You know, there were no sexual assaults. It was right. just a regular sure. concert. But his in between song banter was horrible. And I was tripping on mushrooms. <laughs> I was tripping on uh, mushrooms. That's so. a weird one. That's a weird mushroom show, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's like way too aggressive for mushrooms. <laughs> Very aggro. And MGK was there. And this is when he was still a rap artist. Uh, and at one point he went on stage while he sang break stuff and then dumped trash on his head. Like he pulled up a trash <laughs> can. He was just like, it was so like, why right, dude, whatever. Of course you're going to marry a Kardashian fucking hand job. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody should defend him. I, yeah. I just I he, he nobody's got so, even pitched him. I don't think good. Good. <laughs> and you say no to that. Uh, so. So what do you think of when you hear this song Psycho Killer? Like, what do you what? What are thoughts are brought up to you guys when you hear this song? I genuinely think it's just the phrase bringing the French I think it elevates the song so much I really think it would not have been as big of a hit if he didn't say and that's like I think it's just such a cool turn of phrase uh, that I I, um, what does it mean do we know I took French in college and yeah. I do not remember. <laughs> I was a terrible. Uh, Adam, don't worry. Adam's got it. Cause Tom, your brain, I can tell you're like, huh? no, I, I, I took fucking like seven years of French and now I can't remember either. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> oh, yeah. You look it up, Adam. Look Adam, it. look it up. It means what is it? And what's that? How do you not know that you took seven years of French? <laughs> that's the most basic shit, dude. Yeah, I'd remember, but uh, froze up there. It was the internet connection. <laughs> so, so this song is included in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. Is one of three tracks from this release to make the list. Yeah, I Psycho Killer's iconic, man. It's. I mean, the, you, you think of. Go ahead. I was going to say the strum pattern is really cool in it too. Um, I just think it's a really cool rhythm on the guitar that he's doing. 
Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. The it's been covered by Velvet Revolver, Cage the Elephant, Fish. And then there was a Talking Heads cover band out of Baltimore. It's called Psycho Killers. Yeah, this is this is an iconic it's, one. It's a good uh I'm I'm not surprised it's like covered it. It's uh, when people do it at karaoke, it pops off. It's like yes. a, it's like a sneaky good karaoke song, I think. Yes. Oh, this is this could definitely like, you know, fucking change the energy in a room and get people singing behind it. Well, it's a good carry the the, the, yeah. the part people really get it. It's, uh, I mean, people, it's true. Keska say is just fun to say too. People love a good like you know la 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 la. Yeah, like Mr. Jones, dude. I was at that wedding and they played Mr. Jones and everyone. He hit that la 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 part. Everybody. That's probably a fucking killer. Uh, karaoke song. I just don't do karaoke. I do the goddamn comedy jam. Check it out right, on right. Paramount Plus, everybody. Nobody watched Ooh, it. baby. Oh, I'm actually, one of the things I bought with that money was a Dyson, and then I sold my Dyson to move to New York, and now I think I'm going to buy a new one. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah you need dude. a good, uh, you need a good back. Need a good back. Dude, dude. I had to, uh, this is not interesting. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what, what is that? Anti vacker. Uh, no. We're sharing no. a mic over here. No, the story sucks. It's a, I fucking had to go. My, my fiance, we got a vacuum. We got a nice vacuum off of Amazon. We support Bezos. We like him. We think love it. Guy. And um, we bought this fucking vacuum. It was like $200. And it, uh, we it broke. We tried to replace a belt on it, and it caught fire in my apartment, and uh, it was terrifying. And my fiance was like, right, "Let's just throw this thing away." And I was like, "Well, it's a fucking two hundred dollar vacuum. Maybe we can get it repaired." And I had to I had to drive an hour and a half to get this fucking thing repaired. It was such a pain in the ass. It's not like a common thing. It still costs like sixty bucks, but you know we're so so like conditioned to just throw shit out if it's not working instead of getting it fixed. Get I a like I did a good deed. I get a Dyson. a Dyson. Get a Dyson, dude. Spend the five hundred bucks. It's don't worth you it. feel in New York like our apartments are so small that I'm just like I'll just live in filth. Who cares? <laughs> it's not enough. <laughs> I'm not gonna fucking vacuum this. There's not enough of it. <laughs> Please tell me that's a bit because that is the most no, no, that is the most it. New York joke. That's so. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm looking at my living room and I'm just like, or my my bedroom, my kitchen. I'm just like, yeah, who's coming over? Yeah, comes yeah, over. Just let enough. it I mean, be. You could you could go the opposite where it's like actually it's you should really be on top of cleaning it because you have to live right there. But it's like it's buying a fucking five hundred dollar vacuum for you know twenty square feet. You're like, what am I doing? I don't need. I'll just I, sweep it up. Like, I, I know, but I just feel like I'm always sweeping. Yeah, no, and it's I, constant. It's and then constant. it's and it's not just the sweep. It's the it's the grabbing of the other thing and sweeping it into that, and then going mm-hmm. to the trash can. And then you always lose some fuzz or something. Then you yep. re sweep that with mm-hmm. the Dyson dude. It's just unplug and just fucking yeah, and then it's fucking done. Yeah. Proud sponsor of the five hundred Dyson. You guys hear me far now i see what's happening <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i'm trying to get a sponsorship um all right well hey adam on the list that you gave me i don't have heaven on here it goes right into swamp because that's one of the songs i got cut from the we, no we're talking, we're talking oh about, we're talking about just the nine oh because i know i no no i know that but in the album version on dark lord spotify it has um it does the Spotify have has all of them. Yeah. And that's why I didn't even realize that it was only nine in the initial release because the Spotify ones when I was listening to. So I just assumed that that was how it was released. I didn't realize they cut like half of it. No. All right. All right. So let's. All right. So I got to say this in the version I listened to heaven is I mean, it, it just stole my heart. Uh, I love it so much. I love it. I love it. I love it. I can't stress that enough. But on this going through this release, then we have swamp. 
This is the scary uh, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this uh, is when you're on acid and you're like, what the fuck is going on? That wall is melting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is a demon on my shoulder. Yeah, that happened to me once. We were listening. I was tripping balls. You kill it out of way. We were tripping balls and I was listening to uh, Wu Tang Clan. And I started, I, I used to have like, I used to go to the dark side a lot on LSD because I had one schizophrenic breakdown that was like I talk about all the time on the podcast. Changed my life um, when I was 15. But I knew it. I could wreck after that bad trip. I could always stop myself from having a bad trip by knowing that I was just on LSD because that's the problem. You're so fucked up that you just think this is all real and almost forget that you're on the drug. So I could pull myself out of the dark side. So I, I remember I'm sitting in my basement. We're listening to Wu-Tang. My friends are playing spades behind me. We're watching Evil Dead, which is probably the worst movie to watch when you're tripping. <laughs> and I remember I'm looking at all the, it was an unfurnished basement and the walls had like wood and the wood had those like little, like little wood holes, those circles that are like, and they all look like demon eyes. And so I was like, Paul, I was like, you got to take off Wu-Tang. I was like, put something else on. I was like, what do you want? I was like, Radiohead, okay, computer. And he put that on and at first you're like, oh, okay, airbag. And then it's like, gang, 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 gang. like, ah, robots. And then I had a bad trip. Um, when it has paranoid in the song title, yeah, it's probably yeah, one to skip. Yeah, 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 right, dude. Uh, any thoughts on this, Tom? Or are you, you guys, do uh, you have anything you want to talk about, Swamp? Uh, wait, which one? Swamp, the one we just listened to. Oh, yeah. Well, in the in the movie, it's when uh, they they put all the lights to red and they're putting these like weird images in the background. So it is like in the roller coaster of it, it is like the scary weird part. That so was, yeah, I, I I was just watching. I I kind of sped through that one. It was scaring my ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I just don't fine. You're you're a sensitive lad, boy. You're you're a very sensitive <laughs> lad, boy. I'm just you're, a scared man. You're a scared, scared man. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The Corner of Gray Street. Um, all right, let's jump to burning down the house because, I mean, this is... This is, uh, I mean, this is New Wave. This is funk. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a song that I found out started from a jam, uh, says bassist Tina uh, oh. Waymouth. In the liner notes of Once in a Lifetime, the best of Talking Heads, uh, Chris uh, Franz, the drummer, had just uh, been to see Parliament Funkadelic in its full glory at MSG, and he was really hyped. During the jam, he kept yelling, burn down the house, which was a P-Funk audience chant, and David Byrne dug the line, changing it to the finished version, burning down the house. Keyboardist and founding member of Parliament Funkadelic, Bernie Worrell, joined them for the version on this record. According to Byrne, in an NPR interview, phrases that he tried but ultimately did not use in the song included, I have another body, pick it up by the handle, you travel with a double, and I'm still under construction. Those are all, those are the most David Byrne mm -hmm. lines mm -hmm. ever. 
As for the title phrase in the chorus, one early attempt as heard on a work tape had him singing a different line. What are we going to do? And at another point in the process, instead of chanting, burning down the house, he was chanting foam rubber USA. Okay. <laughs> What are you guys' thoughts? Thoughts on this? What do you love? What do you dislike? I mean, there's nothing that we dislike, obviously. It's, it's, yeah, this it's is one of those songs where you can just tell that they are having the fucking time of their lives. You know what? Everyone is just like really yeah. funking, rocking out. And it's just like these guys are having a great time and they are just killing it. Like the synth sounds so cool. It's just such a fun, great song. Now, yeah, I, probably I, the ahead. funkiest song that I enjoy. Really? I'm not a huge funky guy, but uh, this one, I'm, I'm dancing. I'm having a good time. And it is true. Wa watching them do it and they're like, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> you know that they're thinking that while they're doing it. This is so fucking cool. <laughs> and it is cool. It really is cool. Yeah, they. It, it's. I'm telling you, even in the car ride over when I was driving to Maine, I was like, God, this is great. Watching it a few moments ago and I have all the Sono speakers here, yeah. so I have it all turned up. It fucking thumps. And then to see, like, and, and I know this is, this is, I mean, if I, I don't know if I can say this, but the fact that it's a multiracial uh, band and the black dudes in there are like, burn it down the house. I mean, no, it's, I think it's, there's an element where I, I don't know if they knew they were doing it. It makes it seem much cooler that it's because it could just be this dorky ass white dude dancing on stage. And you're like, what the fuck is this kind of? But then seeing like other people dancing with him and it just looks it, it seems so much cooler. But is he a dork? Is he I don't a dork? Think he is actually a dork. I just mean he kind of looks like a dork. He's very, like, I think it's know. the coolest he's ever looked, to be honest with I mean, you. He does look. He's, well, he's seeing him, fo the, the, the laser focus in his eyes when he's performing, it, especially to open it and he's alone and he's just fucking killing it. And you're like, this guy is awesome. But if you just saw him walking to the show, I would be like, what the fuck is this guy about to do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, Adam, you said you have a clip of it. Play a vi play the video clip. Just let's see a little taste of uh, oh, yeah. of David. Yeah, dude. Oh my god. And it's even you know what? This is better than the than the studio version. The way that he is, the cadence in the song, like the way he's like pulling back on the lyric and then speeding shit up like that. That whole sixty. It's just, it's there's a there's a level of of hip hop. I don't know if that makes sense. I know I really should say black influence on yes. David. Yeah. That is. You just you wouldn't fucking think it if you saw him. You would just be like, like you said, he's a tool. He's wearing a fucking oversized suit. He's a regular white guy. He probably looks like a he looks like a CPA. The funniest thing, everybody, and I think Adam, is there is there a fact in here, or should I should I wait about their outfits? Do you, did you put something at the end about fat? I don't actually have anything about the outfits on that to go for. So it. all right, so I was reading that everybody was supposed to wear like like grays and whites, like nothing that would like if light hits it that would stick out and then the drummer literally is wearing like a charlotte hornets teal <laughs> fucking like polo shirt and you're like did you just work like a golf tournament like <laughs> like for outback steakhouse in the late 90s because that's the color scheme that you went with but i think that adds to it i think like you look at them and you see their outfits and then you hear these songs these songs are funky these songs are you know they'll do the black guys the black guys there were fucking in it. You know, they, it's, it's credible. If, if a black dude thinks you're cool, 
you're cool. Well, there's there's this thing. I I don't know the history on this with with talking it specifically, but I was watching. Um, what is it? Twenty feet from stardom or whatever the oh, yeah. the thing about the backup great, singers. Great doc, yeah. And they talk about that element of like I. It made these bands look cooler to have like this incredible black woman sing, like singing on their tracks. Totally and it added an element of it. I think that's true. Like I think that's definitely a factor. I think I think as far look, you know, I I've been working on this bit about how white people shouldn't do reggae music and. Um, you know, there is white people have been stealing from the black culture for years, but there is ways of doing it where you, cause everything, every song that we have listened to, even live the band we talked about on stand by your band, there is something that can be taken that they took or somebody took that they were influenced by from a black dude fucking years ago. And it's just manifested into, you know, into placenta hits the floor. That being said, <laughs> Talking Heads is doing it right. They're doing it right. They're they're not they're they're taking the funk element of the seventies, uh, and they're taking that that new wave sound, the keyboards, the and it's and it is uh, totally original. It, yes, is it is? Did the Commodores do something like this? One hundred percent. Is it fucking perfect? Is this a perfect song? I think so. I think it's I think a perfect so, song. Yeah. I don't think you get many of these in, in your career. And this band seems to have a few of them. So this was, let me see, uh, when the track was released as a single from Speaking in Tongues album, became Talking Heads' highest charting hit single in North America, becoming their, their only top 10 single on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, peaking at number nine, as well as reaching top 10 in Canada. It didn't appear in the U.K. single chart at all until, and check this shit out, Tom Jones and the Cardigans covered it and made it a top 10 hit in 1999. What? Yep. That's bananas. Bananas, Banana Supreme. Uh, Girlfriends is better. Great song. Um, you guys uh, have anything you want to add about that? Yeah, I mean, that's just one towards the end of the show where it's like, you know, being someone who only really knew singles going in, Girlfriend is better is the type of song you hear where you're like, holy shit, what is this? And it just kind of like really takes you back where it's just, uh, I don't know, it's a very cool song. Very cool song. Uh, Once in a Lifetime. I mean... Uh, let's talk about that. This is the second of three songs to be on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. The version from this album made the Billboard Hot 100 list in 1986. The track was developed through extensive jams. Uh, see, I love this. Uh, good, good pull on this one, Adam. Inspired by Afrobeat musicians such as Fela Kuti. Uh, his lyrics uh, and vocals, David's, that is, uh, were inspired by preachers delivering sermons. I mean... I don't think it could ever be summed up better. Once you read that, you're like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Burn improvised lines as if he was giving a sermon with a call and response chorus like a preacher and a congregation. Half spoken, half sung vocals, burning uh, the lyrics about living in a beautiful house with a beautiful wife and a large automobile. Uh, Burn denied the lyrics address yuppie greed and said the song was about the unconscious. We operate half awake or on autopilot and end up whatever with a house and a family and a job and everything else. And we haven't really stopped to ask ourselves, how did I get here? Is that why is that statement right there? Why you guys uh, chose the profession that you're in? Kind of, Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I mean, I was uh, definitely on a track to uh to do some shit that i was like i can just live my whole life and it'll be not what i want it to be and then yeah i'll wake up one day and be like what the fuck is this 
uh and i were i worked with people who i feel like kind of were like that and like a lot of people that i worked with i worked at a place that seemed like it had job security and then a lot of people lost their jobs just because of uh the hospital industry changed and they were fucked and i was like oh i don't want to wake up like that one day and not have done what i want to do with my yeah. life you know isn't yeah. that yeah i mean like, no it's gotta be part uh, of it, it. It, it, it is uh, the, all the guys that I grew up with who I love to death and I'm in a fantasy football league with, um, you know, and, and they're, they're all happy. I mean, you know, they, they got kids, they got beautiful homes. They have the nice cars. They have security. They, I have a buddy that when he was 24 years old could say, I know exactly where I'm going to be when I'm 40. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Is now we were supposed to do this together. We were yeah. so he, he should be running this podcast with me. He should be at the cellar with me. He should be at all those places because he's just as funny as me. He's a reason I'm funny. He's huge influence. But that scares me more than a pandemic hitting and me being like, I'm out of work for yeah. fucking two years. I'd rather right. I'd rather be in this uh, tiny apartment in New York with no idea what what's going to happen six months from now. That's exciting. You know, yeah, and I yeah. and there's there's nothing it's wrong. It's definitely scary, but it's like you know, it's a it's a fucking roller coaster. But it's like, yeah, everything. That's what I mean about the those people I worked with losing their jobs. I was like, well, that can happen even if you do it the other way. So yeah, why not try to do what you want to do at least for a little bit? Yeah, you know? I, I completely agree. I completely agree. I think this song, when you really break it down to just the lyrical, besides music, I mean, he's. He's fucking spot on. If there's anybody good. that followed his dreams, I, it's. I it's think happening. this song may have been in the trailer for the film Click, which I saw four times in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> really? I, I don't know why. I loved Click. I really? really in high school, yeah. Pull it but up. I, I remember this song being a part of it. it. It was either in the movie or it was uh, like maybe one of the times that he like wakes up and everything's normal again or something. They play it. Actually, Adam, don't I'm even pull certain it. of it. Don't pull the trailer up. Just start the song, but turn it down a little bit, and then I'm going to do the trailer voice and see if this matches. Go ahead. Do that. When your life is the same thing every day, and you find a remote. I think it's great. Uh, in 1986, the Muppet character Kermit the Fog performed once in a lifetime in an episode of Muppets Tonight. Find that. Adam, find that while we look. And he yes. wears a big suit and mimics Burns dances from Stop Making Sense. That's I, honestly sick as hell. I would be is, so hyped if fucking Kermit is doing me. <laughs> dude, so one of the fans of the podcast, we did De La Soul in the last episode, and he found an episode of like uh, Teen Titans where De La Soul is on there, and they basically talk about how their music was – uh, they, they didn't have any music on streaming services because they signed a bad record deal years ago with uh, Tommy Boy and they wouldn't, they wouldn't give him a better cut of the streaming rights. So uh, they basically won an episode of Teen Titans. I guess he had a fan that was a writer and they talk about like this evil guy has their music and won't give wow. it to him. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. And this guy posted it. That's why I, I love, love the Fleece Army. Join the Patreon. That's sick. Yeah, dude. The, the Patreon is sick. Thank you for promoting it right yeah, there. That's, that's, that's very sick. What a um, All right. I mean, we could talk about... You guys want to talk about We got it? <laughs> you may find yourself living in a shotgun shack. And you may find yourself in another part of the world. And you may find yourself behind the wheel of a large automobile. 
You may find yourself in a beautiful house. I love a Kermit. I just, you may ask yourself, this is why I hate well, the internet. How the fuck does this have 671 thumbs down? Yeah. Who sees this and is like, fuck that? Yeah. <laughs> that frog's out of tune. <laughs> You're flat, Kermit. <laughs> All right, Kelly, yeah, dude, 671 thumbs down. Who on the most thumbs downs that? I don't get it. Somebody that hates frogs, bro. There's somebody uh, that's very anti-Muppet. There's like, I don't know, there's like, that's so stupid. It's like, oh, my God, this is the most adorable thing ever. Yeah. Picturing the type of day you got to be having to be like, I'm going to. No, I, I didn't like this, and I need them to know. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Um, that was great. Thank you for pulling that up, Adam. That was fucking. That that just made. That is my awesome. Day. Yeah. Uh, what a day that was. Uh, life during wartime. Uh, let's life during wartime. This is another one of the three songs from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Five hundred songs that shaped rock and roll. The lyrics are told from the point of view of someone involved in a clandestine. Did I say that right? Clandestine. Clandestine. Like, Clandestine, there it is. Activities during some sort of civil unrest or dystopian environment. Uh, any thoughts on this one? And this is another great one, but I, I did want to say really quickly for what a day that was. Please, yeah. I didn't that, mean to skip that's over. one of my favorite songs in the whole thing. Oh, and it's oh. Not a, and it's not a talking head song. Uh, it's a burn solo song, which I didn't realize till after. So it's like, I have to find the studio version of that song because I think it's like the highlight of the concert for me, one of them. And uh, it's just a really amazing song. It's got. This amazing, like, background vocals. His singing on it's really great. So I just wanted to, yeah, highlight that as one. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to skip over it. That's actually, that's interesting that you brought that up because uh, David Byrne wrote this for The Catherine Wheel, which is a musical score commissioned by Twyla Tharp uh, from the American Dance Choreographer. She's an American Dance Choreographer for her dance project. Uh, It premiered uh, September 22nd, 1981 at the Winter Garden Theater in New York City. Oh, look at him branching out. Uh, Life During Wartime. This is one of three of the songs from Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 500 Songs that Shape Rock and Roll. Last song that we that we have listed is Take Me to the River. I mean, the studio version of this is so fucking good. And this live version does not disappoint. Green's version, because it was written by Al Green in 1974, and guitarist uh, Mabone Teeny Hodges, good name, uh, <laughs> ranked at number 117 on Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Songs of All Time. That's Green's version. The studio cover version released in 78 from more buildings about food, about yeah, more songs about buildings and food. It reached number 26 in the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, we played it live. Yeah, that was it. They played it live in the studio. So, and this is what the bassist Tina remembers. Uh, it sounded so great that we played it back and that we immediately imposed a rule on ourselves. No additional playing except single notes, just one ping or bop or pang. Yeah, so they nailed it when they did the uh, when they did the version in the studio. And that's basically what you're hearing is a band playing it at the same time and maybe slight, slight overdubs. I think this song is perfect. Uh, I've, I've, I still haven't seen them do it yet on the concert. Like literally as soon as we wrap this up, I'm going to finish playing the concert video because it's so good. They really um, stretch it out too, which is, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, because it's towards the end of the show. I think it's the second to last song and they're just like, we really make a meal out of it in a great good, way. You know, David good. Burns like, He's like jumping up, doing some falsetto out of nowhere. It's like, it's very fun. Yeah. 
Um, also, this I should also mention this was all recorded at the Pantages in Hollywood. I know we said it maybe at the beginning, but that's such a great venue. Yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of shows there. I saw Guns N' Roses there uh, in 2019. I've seen at the drive-in. You saw um, some weird ass shows in 2019, man. <laughs> I mean, I like them, but it's like you were seeing stuff that is a just the the year is the weird part. It's not what? that you saw it. How was Guns N' Roses in 2019? Incredible. Really? Incredible. <laughs> Dude, what's funny, and I talked about this, and me and Adam, because we, we've talked about it, is uh, I've seen Guns N' Roses since they got back together four times. And three out of the four, they were incredible. And they and the band was incredible the fourth time. But Axel's voice is like he's yeah. and I found out that um I found out that what's his face? Um fucking uh I can't think of his name. Chris Cornell did the same thing, which is at the beginning of the show when they were doing sound check, the the the, the mic mic technician or or roadie is out on the on the stage and he's going, he's like going, check, check, check. I'm barely talking. I'm barely talking. And it's filling the whole stadium, right? It's loud. Yeah. And then, you know, the, then fucking they come up and he starts singing. And what I notice is he's not singing from like his red, his like, his like chest or uh, diaphragm. He's almost singing in like his head. And he's almost like, wow, you could be oh, my So he's, he's, he's singing he in this like mic jacked up jacked yeah. up and, and people said that's what chris cornell did too because think about it man you know welcome to the jungle sweet child of mine are hard to sing in your 20s now he's almost 60 and he's still yeah. got to hit those notes mm-hmm. you know so hey man power to him I, I didn't you know did it take away from the show the last time a little bit did it still rock? And did I still go, Hey man, he fucking killed it in his twenties and his thirties and his forties. Even at the first few times in his fifties could have just been an off night, but, uh, sure. but guns and roses at Pantages. I saw it. This is who I was at the concert with. Cause I'm friends with Duff McKagan's manager. Uh, I went with Bill Burr and Joey Diaz. Ooh, baby. Pick those names up. up that night. And both of them left halfway into the show <laughs> because uh, the show started three hours late. Damn. And 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 it was like it was around 1 a.m. when the band finally That's was like crazy. Yeah, I think they went on around like 12:30 at night when they were supposed to go on at 9 p.m. Holy shit. Yeah. That's insane. It was insanely. You think their old asses wouldn't want to be up that late. Jeez. Not Axel, dude. <laughs> Not Axel. He's got shit That's to cool. do, dude. He's fucking he's 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 mover and a shaker. I want um, to see Josh's concert list from 2019. He's like, I went to see Tonic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Aqua was playing in 2019. <laughs> I, I, I know I went to see Slayer, Limp Bizkit. Yeah. Um, fuck, what else did I go to? Fuck, I wish I had a list. I'll bring it to you at the cellar. I'll look through all my <laughs> ticket stubs and I'll bring it to you. Or, I'll, or we'll Soul do Soulfly. Soulfly. No, I saw, I saw Soulfly out here. Uh, uh, fuck no, but I who else did I see, man? Fuck it, doesn't make a difference. Doesn't they were all dope though? Hell they were yeah. all Wait, dope. The, what's a, what's Mark McGrath's uh, band? Sugar Ray. Sugar Ray. <laughs> I'd go see Sugar Ray. Shit, I saw them. I saw Sugar Ray and Smash Mouth do uh, UMBC's <laughs> like like uh, se- not senior. You know when they you know you go to college and they're like it's fucking Towson Tiger Fest and they yeah, have like yeah. bands and shit. My sister was going to UMBC and Sugar Ray and Smash Mouth co-headlined 
Um, and let me tell you something, dude. Sugar Ray put on a incredible concert. Now, uh, uh, keep in mind, I was on a lot of cocaine. <laughs> so I don't know if that helped. You just wanted like, to fly. Just, oh, and I was, dude. I was like, every morning in the halo on the ski do. All right. Uh, Here's some random facts uh, and album reviews. Uh, so this album, I don't know if you guys know this, we're using the 2012 list, um, and they came out with a 2020 list. This album did not make the cut for the 2020 list. This wow. is, I know, this, That's well, but, but here's the deal. Uh, did other, did, uh, Adam, did other albums of theirs stay on the list? Well, here, you might have put it in here. This is the second album we talked about on the 500 with more songs, buildings about food being done at 383. We'll see the Talking Heads two more times with Talking Heads 77, 291. So we got a minute. And Remain in Light at 129. On the 2020 list, only more songs about buildings and food at 364 and remain in oh remain in light jump though remain in light went up almost 100 spots to wow. number 39 what's on remain in light all right so you got born under punches cross-eyed and painless the great curve once in a lifetime houses in motion seen and not seen listening wind the overload and unison which is a bonus track apparently mm. Okay, I only knew one of those songs. Limited pressings of the original LP version featured a full-color picture book wrapped around the album jacket. Regular versions had many of the pictures printed in black and white and captions on the album's inner sleeve. Bonafide classic. Uh, this got a five-star review and reissue from uh, Empire. No other band could do this. No other music movie soundtrack sounds this good. Another review from Q Magazine said, a timely reminder of the achievements of perhaps the most underrated band of the post-punk age. I mean, do you think they're underrated, guys? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I do. I still kind of think they're underrated just because I, I feel like, like I said, I, if I put on uh, This Must Be The Place or like anything, people are st I still don't feel like people are giving it what, what it should get. So yeah. just on a personal basis, I think they are. I think that they are underrated in the general public yeah. sense and uh, and but like critically and then like people who are really into movies and music and stuff think of them as like a top band but i just think like regular people don't so i think they're yeah no i agree yeah. i agree um all right i got a couple questions written by uh who's the guy that writes these questions for me adam the riddler benjamin, <laughs> benjamin. i've never met him but benjamin writes good questions um cut that part out i don't want benjamin to hear that that i didn't remember his name actually oh. keep that in keep that in <laughs> And, and I don't want him to know that I'm happy with his work, too. I want him to think that. <laughs> yeah, keep everybody... like, I don't want Benjamin getting a big head. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, do you guys think that this is a good representation of the concert video, the tracks that were selected? Uh, I mean, I think it's I, I, I was disappointed to hear that they only put out nine and didn't just do a double album with the whole thing, because I think that you kind of need the whole thing because it, it, it's really, you know, a big it. I know. I, I think it's like a play where you need to see. You can't put like a scene from Act One, a scene from Act Two next to each other. I think it just needs to be experienced front to back in order. So, I mean, it's still great and they sound really good. I was just listening to it this morning, but I do think it should have all been there. Tom, what do you think? Same thing. Yeah, same thing. One hundred percent. I I want the whole thing, or else give me nothing. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean to see that heaven was taken off, like off. Crazy. I listen. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's like I I think all of those songs that are on the concert video, it it it, it creates. It's like making a mixtape. 
you know, you come out strong, you do Psycho Killer in, in a very unique way, mm-hmm. and then you bring it down and you do Heaven and then you build it back up and then it just goes boom, 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 boom. And I don't know. Yeah, you need all of that to feel it. You know? Yeah. And then he also brought out at one point a whole different band, right? And and they do a song. They did not. Didn't they do like a so Tom Tom? So the Tom Tom Club is uh, Tina Weymouth, the bass player, and Chris France, the drummer. It was their side project, and they play uh, they play a song. That I'm forgetting the name of it right now, but it's a song that gets sampled in hip hop all the time. Um, oh, yeah. What the hell is that? Yeah, it's like oh, my boyfriend. No, 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 boyfriend. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know that song? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's got I a feel great like drum you- beat. Yeah. It's great. I feel like you need all of that. And whatever I listen to on Dark Lord Spotify, I really, really dug. Oh, did you guys know that Alec Baldwin killed somebody? You guys know about this? We were so we were at a <laughs> wedding on Thursday, and the groom comes over and he's like, "Alec Baldwin killed a guy." I was like, "This is a weird wedding twist." <laughs> <laughs> weird, weird wedding. Do you yeah. take this woman? I hold on, guys. Uh, we gotta stop this. <laughs> did you see Alec Baldwin just killed a person <laughs> or an impersonation of Trump? Um, this is a good question. Uh, this goes by the title. Wait, was that the only thing you were going to say about the? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You just drop in fucked up news I, in the middle. Because no, because yeah, because I looked at my phone to look up the track <laughs> listing, and it said after Hollywood gun experts grapple with safety questions, and I was like, yeah, yeah. it'll be fun. It kind of puts a little timestamp on the podcast, you know. <laughs> yeah. We're we're yep. very evergreen, but you know, I like to let people know what was going on. Sure, sure. And that's when we recorded this. Um, well, it's going to be fucked up if uh, somehow he does it again in like two months. <laughs> Wait, was it the first one or the second one? <laughs> uh, in a world that constantly demands we explain ourselves, is the invitation command uh, suggestion to stop making sense a form of resistance to cultural pressures? What do you think? Well, yeah, I think, you know, people always kind of bring it up as this whole album, this whole uh, movie is kind of like a, a rejection of Reagan era capitalist excess and just like flaunting wealth and everything. And it's just kind of a subversive, but in a funny way and like the big suit and everything. It's like just a big kind of just like a smirking fuck you in a way that I like where it's not like, you know, a protest album. It's not like, yeah, yeah, you know, but it's I think it's subversive in a fun way, I would say. I, I agree. I, I think that's kind of like uh, the the you know the mission statement of David Byrne, which is just like because if he made sense and if we could just pinpoint him and be like just oh this is who you, he is, you would we wouldn't be talking about his records. You know what I mean? I think that's what makes him special. And to ask you know everything he does seems to be very like you said uh, subversive. So I think maybe this is you know I, I think it's I think it's a great I think it's a great album title uh and a great concert video title and then when you watch the concert video and you see the gaffers like rolling him out and rolling out pieces of 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 shit during it it's like none of it makes sense none of it makes sense and that's why it's great um tom do you have anything you want to add or you uh, no no i just i i agree with the i like the smirking fuck you yeah it's like yeah i also just like that it's not if there was any moment in the that he actually said something political i'd be like this sucks but the fact that it's just like this little like tongue-in-cheek like big suits it's it's so much more interesting very and and timeless very timeless very interesting very timeless um do you guys think the live versions of some of these iconic talking heads tracks uh do they how do they stack up against the studio versions from this record from what we've heard of the actual studio what do you think I, I mean, I prefer the live just be after seeing it. It's so much more fun to think of it that way. But what do you think? 
No, I feel the same way. I think it's such a visceral thing. And I think I think this and also Last Waltz, once you hear these versions, it's like impossible to enjoy the studio versions as much just because you've heard it in its like full highest form, which I think For the sure. version is. Yeah. No, you, and that was great. That was a really good by bringing up the Last Waltz because you, it's it changes. Hearing a live version changes the way that that's why we go to concerts because yeah. a song can become that much more meaningful and 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 you understand it and then when you see them 100 percent. we just uh we were just at a this uh tree fort music fest in boise so we were doing our stand by your band there and uh some stand-up but there's this band that tommy was like really into and i was like i i'm excited to see them uh called japanese breakfast and i listened to their stuff i liked it but i was like yeah i, I could kind of take this and uh listen to it a few times i'm not like obsessed with it we saw them live and it's the only thing I've listened to since then because seeing her, seeing this woman like perform the way she does with, uh, with the music, like that's just the, this, uh, her new album. And I was songs that I had only heard once. And I was like, yeah, I, it'd be cool to hear it. It was the most, it was the best show I've ever seen. And I was like, wow, now I, now I listen to the songs. And I just think of that show and I'm like, it's, it just totally changed it for me. So, sure. so sure. go see live music if you can. It's, it's, such a game changer and if you can go back to 2019 go back to that <laughs> year and go see live music man that, fucking that, was rules, a good dude. Year. that was a great year for <laughs> concerts because of this record because of talking heads what bands do you think we have now what who do you think this Ooh, this album and this uh and this artist has influenced uh i mean my, we would not have miley without um, <laughs> we would not have miley without talking heads. i don't well, I think it, it's an easy one to pick because they ended up working together, but St. Vincent, oh, I think, yeah. is the most Talking Heads-inspired big act. Um, and then, yeah, she and David Byrne made an album together. It's also very good. Um, yeah. But, and I, I love her stuff, too, but it's very direct influence, I would say, there. I mean, I think, I think you know, the you could say, uh, you know, the the Danger Mouse, CeeLo, Gnarls Barkley. Uh, I mean, you could say some of the bands that I saw at that or heard at Taxlow, like Block Party, uh Franz Ferdinand Franz Ferdinand for sure thousand likes because I feel like he's kind of like our modern David Byrne just a weirdo yeah no I I I think I think definitely off of the love below Mm -hmm. you know um there's you know roses I mean it's all I mean I don't it's I I think it's because I, you know, it's funny that we're talking about influences right now because I, I put out a tweet yesterday because I'm prepping for another podcast and I listened to Sonic Youth and I was like, man, I didn't realize how important this band is. Like this mm-hmm. band is way more important, you know, on so many levels to music. And, and I put them up there in, in terms of, in terms of like, you know, the band, that, all the music that came after it in rock and roll, especially like, I think, I think talk, I think the Sonic youth is like, you don't get a lot of those bands. And I think we're talking heads. It's, it's just subtle little droplets that people don't even realize. It's not like there's like a band that's just like flat out stealing from them, but it's like, you can hear, I hear talking heads so much, especially in the music nowadays, even in like hip hop, I feel like you're hearing a lot of it. Like, I mean, some of the stuff that Drake's done, Maybe even some of the stuff that Kendrick's done off of "To Pimp a Butterfly," I think it's deeper than than just you know the the absurdity of their act. I think it's if you just get rid of all of that and just look at the music. Yeah, man, Alt J, Radiohead. I think I think a lot of stuff. Yeah, I definitely do. 
Um, all yeah, right. Radiohead for sure. Radiohead for sure. All right. So these are the questions I ask every guest. Uh, and I want to answer them both. Now, keep this in mind. We're not going by this, the concert film. We're going by. Do you, I don't know if you have a list of these nine tracks. Yeah, let me get this uh, type it in right now. Yeah. Type it in cool. and put it in the in the feed because I need you guys to look at these when yeah. uh, because we could all because I'd say heaven for my first question I'm going to ask you, but I can't because it's not on there. So I got to pick mine. So you put them up there, Adam. Oh, REM. Yes. And Nine Inch yeah. Nails. Nine Inch Nails later stuff. No, I agree with that, Adam. That's apt. REM for sure. REM 100%. All right, here we go. This is the list of nine. Here's the questions I ask everybody. I want both of your answers. Uh, favorite song on this record? Oof. I, honestly, it might be. Uh, it's, I'm between uh, Life During Wartime and uh, Burning Down the House because it's, so, it's so fun watching him do Burning Down the House. But I'm gonna go life during wartime. I, it's it's so good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Tom, Tommy. Uh, so I am gonna say, I want I, I want to say what a day that was, just because I think it's interesting that it's not even a Talking head song, and it's such a, such a cool. It's one of the best like verse to like huge chorus uh, in a way that I love so much. But I think uh, if I'm if I'm being truthful, it's got to be burning down the house. I think. Yeah, I'm saying like, burning yeah. down the house, hundred percent. All right, least favorite song out of those nine. What are you skipping over? Oh, I don't know. I think I sli- I skipped. Uh, yeah, I, I believe I skipped Swamp uh, when I was just watching it. So yeah, I guess I'll go to Swamp. Swamp, Tommy. Yeah, and I think I think it's fun. You know, it's fun to listen to, and it's, he's doing a silly voice, and it's like a, a way different. Oh, yeah. It's a way different speed than the rest of the album. So I think it's fun that it's in there. But I think if I had to take one off, that would be the easy uh, choice. Me too. I'm I'm with you on the Swampy. Um, <laughs> all right, well, you, you gotta drain are... the swamp, man. That's what you I'm got it. Yeah, dude. <laughs> MAGA baby, MAGA. Get oh, no. Biden out of here. We gotta get him out of here. MAGA country. Don't worry, guys. Donald Trump's gonna be inaugurated December fourteenth, two thousand twenty. <laughs> if that's the day that they say. It's um, like the fucking Mayan calendar with them. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Up with two random dates, <laughs> like, like fucking Jesus. Uh, what song on this record would you fuck to? I knew I thought you were gonna say finger too, because you know, that's, that's your thing. You're the finger king. Um, that's definitely burning down the house because uh, I'm a I, I get turned on by arson, and so uh, I'm a famous uh, uh, you know turn and burn. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I would do girlfriend is better just to you know kind of hype up my girlfriend. Like, see, you're better. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. What do you got? I start with Psycho Killer because it's acoustic. Oh, you dirty dog. You're yeah, double, you're lasting for two songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's I, I'm a foreplay guy, dude. Because I finger. I finger. I'm a four I'm all foreplay. I'm all foreplay. I'm on on the actual the the actual intercourse is very quick. But I, I would end with uh Take Me to the River. Because yeah. it's just it's just a it's it's got a good beat. It's it's easy to stay on rhythm. You know what I mean? Sure. There's no like I shouting. Like, I feel like slippery people is the most obvious one. Yeah, you yeah, want, yeah. You want some people lubed up and stuff, you know? Or swamp. Yeah, <laughs> you know, swamp it's like swamp works. Or depending on the girl, once in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes it's yeah. like it's like we're never gonna do this again. I could tell. <laughs> yeah. This is you're not gonna want to hang out with me ever again. <laughs> Uh, and then last question is, uh, do you think this record deserves to be on the 500 greatest album list? And, uh, why do you think the younger generation should listen to this? Uh, I mean, I think we covered a lot of this. Like, I think it's, uh, I think it definitely should. And, um, 
I think uh, it's inspired a lot of cool shit. And uh, I think it, I do think you're right, though, that you got to you can't I would not have liked this at 15. I don't think I would have no. been like, what the fuck is this bullshit? Uh, you need you know, so you need to see some stuff before you can enjoy this, really. But yeah, I think I think they should take the time to do it. No, I agree. Uh, Tommy. Yeah, I think it's they really captured a night where one specific guy, one specific vision, one specific band was perfect. And I think they got I know it was three shows, but it was like this album is a representation of, you know, not like 50 years of whatever. It was just like on this night, this was the best band in the world and they got it on tape. And that's why I think it should be even higher on the list. Wow. I think that was a perfect answer because you're really capturing. Yeah, you're capturing a moment in time, a very special show. Uh, yeah, even Adam said it. He has no emotion. A great way to put it. You put it perfectly. Uh, I couldn't add. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't add anything else to that. It's like, listen, it's 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 something that listen, listen to all the people out there. If you just listen to the record, uh, you're doing yourself a disservice. Watch the concert video. It's directed by Jonathan Demi. I know we've talked about him, but he did Sounds of the Lambs. He did Philadelphia. This is a Academy Award winning best director taking a band that is unlike any other band in the history of music, one of the most unique bands ever and, and, and capturing them perfectly, perfectly. Like, I I mean it after watching this, it it made, it took my ranking of this record. Uh, I was going to give it uh, at first, uh, uh, I was going to give it three fleeces, but I I think this is almost damn near perfect. So I'm going to give this four out of five fleeces. Um, yeah, man. Boys, how many fleeces? Oh, I'm a five fleecer. I'm a five fleecer myself. <laughs> yeah, I can't. It's gonna. It's really yeah, gotta blow to me away to give it a full five this fleece. Is, uh, this this thing blows me. And like I said, if you watch it, it has my favorite song in the world on it. So it's like for me to not have <laughs> give it a perfect. That'd be crazy. No, I get it. Uh, this was this was a perfect episode. I mean this sincerely. I'm so glad that you you hit me up. I'm so glad that I traveled. Uh, yeah. by train to get to your <laughs> apartment to in Brooklyn, all yeah. the way to Bed-Stuy and, 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 and just, it's great. You guys are great. Your podcast is great. I had a blast doing this, uh, promote away, please. Anything you want to promote. I know you have yeah, some shit coming out, Tom. Uh, so I'm doing a special, I don't know when this is coming out, but I'm Comes doing out a special. Wednesday. Okay. So you'll have just missed my special taping, but, uh, I don't know when it's coming out, but, uh, on epics, uh, unprotected sets, I'm doing an hour. So I've been running it. It's been really fun. Uh, we'll be at the Comedy Attic in beautiful Bloomington, Indiana, um, November 5th and 6th. And we're going to do a live stand by your band uh, on the Saturday show early. So you can get, you can come to two shows. You can come see the stand up show afterwards. It's going to be a totally different thing. And uh, besides that, I go to my website, tomtakar.com. I got a bunch of random road dates. I'll be in like Texas. And uh, anyway, yeah, Twitter, Instagram, all that good shit. I post clips on my Instagram at Tom Takar, T H A K K A R. And then uh, I have a stand up album on Spotify, uh, Dark Lord, if that's uh, your kind of thing. Yeah, you search my name, uh, Tommy McNamara, or the album's called Who's Tommy? I play on the famous album by The Who. (laughs) And uh, But yeah, you check that out. And then I'm on Twitter and and, uh, Instagram at uh, at Tommy M-C-N-A-M, Tommy McNam. And and also, Tom, I've said this to you. You're one of my favorite comics to watch at oh, the thanks, cellar, man. man. I your 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 big dick tax joke is <laughs> so funny. The well, Madden that's on my curse. Twitter. Yeah, check that out. No, uh, check him out. He and check out his tonight show set. He just did oh, the tonight yeah, show. Did and yeah. and it's a great, it's a great set. Uh thank I think, you, I think you both are great. From you. I, thank you're, you. You're I, I had a blast. Man. Thank you very much. I had a blast talking to you guys. So thank you for coming on. Okay. Thanks so much, man. Oh! Uh.
what I tell ya? Tom Takar and Tommy McNamara. For Tom's Instagram, go to at Tom Takar. That's T-O-M-T-H-A-K-K-A-R. His Twitter is Tom A. Takar. And all social media for Tommy is at Tommy MC Nam. T-O-M-M-Y-M-C-N-A-M. And go to their websites, TomTakar.com and TommyMcNamara.com and listen to their podcast, Stand By Your Band. And for listener shout out, I want to give a shout out to old Billy Baru at Buffalo Bill Nye. B-U-F-F-A-L-O-B-I-L-L-N-Y-E. He is a true Scoodle. He's a Scoodle Dan man. I love him to death. Thank you for being a part of the podcast. I hopefully... Uh, you sign up for that Patreon, and I will read your thoughts to the guest. Give him a follow, everybody. Give him a little follow, Shmalo. All right, for new music, we have picked Parquet Courts. Parquet Courts. They've been a huge hit in the indie scene for years. And in 2014, they had a song that blew up. And you're listening to Marathon of Anger off their brand new album, Sympathy for Life. And you can find all the links on our website, the500podcast.com. Send us your song, guys. I Somebody said that there was an issue trying to get us a song. So uh, keep trying or just DM me directly and I'll copy and paste it and send it to Pete and he'll put it in. Uh, next week is Lou Reed week. We're going through Berlin, 1973's record. Do your homework.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or were nothing more than a one hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods. Next Chapter Podcasts.